As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Agnes Hewitt. Uh, I got up early this morning to watch what was being billed as the greatest tennis match of the decade, and it became extremely disappointing. Um, so I'm a little not bummed, just sort of like oh, I've been up since five in the morning. I'm fucked up. I'm like, I have not slept this week. I've had insomnia, like the worst insomnia I've ever had. And I think I've slept like, I think I've slept like 15 hours in the last three days. Shit. Like last night I fell asleep at 5 a.m. The night before that, 5 a.m. The night before that, 5 a.m. Wow. Actually, the night before that, it was even more fucked up, but it's. So you, are you just like laying in bed, not being able to sleep? Mm-hmm. It's the worst feeling. I hate it. It is the worst feeling. I don't know what is up with my body, but it like doesn't want to sleep. Uh, but then once you get to sleep, you're able to stay asleep at least for a few hours. Not really. I mean, I've just, yeah. I mean, sometimes, yeah. Like if I fall asleep and it's like 5 a.m., then I'll probably sleep for like a few hours. But a lot of the time, like I fall asleep and then wake up after like 30 minutes. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It's a nightmare. I'm sorry. Oh, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I have been going through something health wise that yeah. you know about, but I haven't really talked about it publicly. Yeah. Um, but I thought I wanted to share it with all of um, you know, the goop yourself listeners who have been with me on my healing journey for the past <laughs> however many years. Uh so first of all, I just want to say that I'm fine. So don't I'm I'll be fine. Um, but everyone knows I am a little bit of a stickler about getting my blood work done, uh, usually twice a year. Um, 
mostly for my cholesterol, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I was about to get a physical. Um, so I went to the labs and, and got my blood work done and, uh, it came back with really elevated white blood cells, different types of white blood cells. So when I had my previous blood work done, um, some of the white blood cells levels were like a little bit elevated, but my doctor didn't seem too worried. He thought maybe I was fighting off an infection or whatever, but then this time everything was elevated even more. And so, uh, I was really scared and nervous and my doctor also seemed like pretty like worried about what was going on. So he, uh, had me see a hematologist oncologist, um, which is, you know, blood cancer, doctor, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, it turns out that I have this condition called chronic myeloid leukemia, which obviously the word leukemia sounds really scary. And, uh, it was something that was really fatal basically for everyone up until 20 years ago, they developed, uh, immunotherapy drugs. Um, and so I, first of all, I got the, the CBC back elevated white blood cells. And then I get tested again to see because this, uh, condition CML is caused by a gene mutation. Um, so it's not something, it's not a hereditary thing. It's not something you're born with. It's something that like randomly mutates, um, while you're an adult and your bone marrow just produces too many white blood cells. So, uh, I came back positive for the gene and now I'm just waiting for the immunotherapy drugs, uh, which are going to come in the mail. It's just a pill that I take. It's not like I have to do chemo or anything. Um, I take a pill every day, uh, supposedly just after a couple of weeks on this pill, um, the white blood cells will go back to normal. Um, but I have to keep taking the pill possibly for a year, possibly for longer, possibly for my entire life. Um, they just don't know yet. Uh, but I'm not really experiencing any symptoms. It's just been, you know, obviously like really scary waiting for all these results and, um, just like, you know, leukemia is such a, a scary thing to have, but it looks like, you know, everything's going to be fine. Um, so yeah, I guess I just wanted to share that with everyone and also tell as sort of my public service announcement, just say like, make sure, uh, you go to the doctor every year, you get your blood work done. Uh, I don't know. It feels like it sounds weird to say, but it feels like I sort of intuitively knew not, not that I knew something was wrong, but like something caused me to like be very vigilant about getting this blood work done. And I do feel like that possibly could have saved my life. Cause like a lot of yeah. people my age don't do this. Don't like get their blood yeah. work done. Yeah. Um, it's really important to like, get your annual physical, get all your blood work done, you know? Um, and yeah, you told me this a couple of weeks ago and I, you know, I'm so happy that you told me, you know, of course, yeah, basically that it was like treatable and you know, that, that it seems like, if you had to get this, like now is the time to do it just in the course of like human history that this, oh, is yeah. like, um, you know, obviously 
I wish it, I'm sure obviously you wish it wasn't happening. I wish it wasn't happening. Everybody wishes it wasn't happening, but like it's the, um, I Googled it, which like you're never supposed to do. Like, I know, if, but it's impossible not to. Yeah. Um, but I did see that like, you know, it's considered like, I've heard it even actually this is. <laughs> I, I follow this like hypochondria TikTok account where it's like this doctor who's like, do you have a headache? You know, the odds that you're having a brain aneurysm are so low. Just don't worry about it at all. Okay. And I'm like, thank you, doctor, whatever. <laughs> it's like, I have to follow this guy. And I just like came across one and he was like, are you scared about cancer? Don't worry about it. Like he was like, you know, um, if you he was like, they're making so much great progress with that. And then he brought up your diagnosis oh, as really? like an example of how far things have come and how like amazing medical treatment is because it's like, um, you know, it, it is very serious and it, but it was like very devastating news to get that you had this like years ago. And now it's like, I mean, I'm still devastating, but it's like, but it's a chronic it's condition. It's yeah, it's, it's exactly like, like they've basically turned it into a chronic condition as opposed to what it used to be. So it was like, it just like randomly came up for me and I was like, so okay, crazy. yeah. Yeah. It's so, I mean, I obviously had no idea what this was. I'd never heard, I'd never really heard of it before. Apparently this happens. It said one out of every, and again, this is coming from Google. This is not coming from my doctor. Um, one out of every 550 people have this, which isn't like, I mean, that means it's like not, I mean, it's rare, but it's not that rare. Like that's like yeah. a sizable amount. And yeah, before 2001, it was a death sentence. And then they found a drug that treats it. And since then there've been other drugs that even treat it more. So, mm -hmm. so I don't know, supposedly I'm getting on the newest one, uh, depending on like, I mean, they have to deal with my insurance and stuff, which is like yeah. another whole, you know, um, kettle of fish, but, uh, but yeah, like it's, uh, it is crazy to think that, you know, 20, 25 years ago, it would be totally different. And, um, because of Western medicine, um, I'm allowed to, yeah, basically, I guess, live a normal, a normal life. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's just such a, it's such a weird, thing to go through and to like and to not really feel sick um and then to go through all the emotions of like what is this i think i know what it is but you have to get tested and then and then of course when i'm waiting for my last test about the the gene mutation i'm praying for a positive diagnosis yeah because the, that's the scary thing is like there's also a thing which again i should not have googled because my doctor didn't even mention it and it was just my own stupid you know neuroses but there's a thing called atypical chronic myeloid leukemia which mm -hmm. occurs it's like 0.1% or whatever it's like 99.9% .9 of people that have this have the gene mutation and can be treated by this immunotherapy but then there's that 0.1 percentage that don't have the gene mutation mm -hmm. and they don't and they can't do anything about it so of course as i'm waiting for my genetic test to come back i'm like oh of course i'm going to be like the point one percentage yeah but you know that when i i, I was on a walk because i was it was on monday was when i finally um got those lab results back and i like couldn't really work i like took a sick day from work i was just like super stressed out and then i was on a walk and i finally get the little and this is before my doctor calls me i get the little notification from quest because it goes right to my quest yeah um, 
app and then I open the test and it says like you've tested positive and I was like oh my god thank god I'm like, yeah. I was like oh, I'm, it was it was funny because I was like I'm like you know joyful that I'm testing positive for leukemia which yeah. is like two weeks ago I'm like my I mean my life hasn't changed because this is treatable and like I'll go back to normal but these last few weeks have been I mean some of yeah some of the most like stressful and anxiety inducing of my life so um I'm glad to be over the hump and hopefully get these drugs soon and then never have to talk about this again I know I honestly you've really been like keeping it together because I've seen you a couple times and like you know during this like period and you're like oh it's it's fine like you're very like buttoned up about it. Yeah, I go back and forth because like rationally, like I know, I mean, what my the specialist said, he was like so calm and being like, you know, I know like he saw my initial blood test results and he was like, I, you know, pretty much know what this is. It's very treatable. He's like, no one has died of this disease in years, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Um, so that was like obviously very comforting. But then of course there's moments where you, you know, start spiraling. So yeah, the, it's of been course. like, there's, there's been days where I've been like totally like placid and calm and optimistic. And then there's been a couple days, um, where I just got like super anxious and like, I start, you know, catastrophizing in my head, um, which I think is normal. Of course but, it's very normal. Yeah. It's extremely normal. I mean, like a lot of us, a lot of people are doing that without, a cancer diet. yeah no and I was doing that without it too, yeah so it's like, <laughs> yeah you've all you've been doing that before yeah. yeah but I'm like oh I've been vindicated for my uh hypochondria and I it is weird because this is sort of the second I mean it sounds like dramatic to say second like near-death experience but like in my 20s you know I think you know most of the listeners of podcasts know that I uh my appendix burst and I was in the hospital for the month or for a month and I was in sepsis and that was like another sort of near-death experience and my um hypothesis which has absolutely no basis in reality or science okay is that that sepsis yeah my basically my blood being infected when i was in my 20s is what okay. caused the gene mutation oh um i've talked to my doctor about it and he says absolutely not okay and i've talked to my mom who's a registered nurse and she mm -hmm. also says absolutely not yeah. but it's still it's either that or i hate to say it but my white blood cells were absolutely fine before the COVID vaccine. All right, now you might be on something. I'm just putting it out I there. mean, you know, it's the only thing that changed about you. It is, yeah. Maybe you should write I Am, I Am, I Am by Maggie Friel, too. Oh, wait, what? She's... Wait, what is what remind me of what that was? She's the one where like I we didn't didn't agree with it about it because I read her book and I and you thought it the whole thing sounded so stupid, but she was a goop author who wrote this book about how she had like every time she almost died. Oh right, oh right, right, right. I and it was yes. like once I can't but hers remember. Was what like it was, 60 it, times or something, right? Yeah, but it would be like every but it was good. It was like very like meditative. It wasn't really like it yeah. wasn't like my my struggle my journey it was like kind of poetic it was about it was just about how like everybody's like always just barely surviving sort of like yeah yeah I mean you it could was die. about like mortality in general like it wasn't about like she wasn't writing it like my survivor story it was very like literary nonfiction. yeah yeah 
Yeah, but, maybe um, I'll read it. At, I still, I, it's hard for me to read stuff about death. Like I, I lo- obviously like I love Joan Didion and I still can't bring myself to actually read um, your magical thing. Me neither. I can't read it either. And, and I've read like everything else by her, but those last two books, I'm like, I'll save that for later. I know I can't. Re- yeah. The other one too, about her. Well, the daughter. year of magical thinking, the, the other one's about her daughter, but isn't the year of magical thinking also about her daughter and her husband? It's about, yeah, the aftermath of her husband's death, but I'm sure her daughter's also in that one. Yeah. And then the blue, blue nights, I think is the last book that she wrote. And that was, that's about her both daughter's. died, right? Her daughter died. Yeah. Too. Her daughter died. Yeah. I just can't do it. I, yeah, I don't, I just can't. Although I did read, oh, sorry, this is so bleak. I did read one metaf- memoir about a guy who was dying this like neurosurgeon who had like some sort of degenerative like brain thing and um I can't I mean sorry I'm being like so inarticulate I really can't remember but it was obviously super disturbing but he was like able to write about it like he knew exactly what was happening and he could like document his symptoms as like a patient and as a doctor because he knew everything yeah that's it was really it's called when breath becomes air. It was very, uh, really well-written, really fucked up. I don't normally like to read stuff like that. Yeah. I normally like to think about anything other than dying, but I don't know why I read it's that. It's hard. One. I, I had to mute. Cause like, you know, Shannon Doherty has been battling breast cancer for years. Yeah. And like, I guess there was news this week that like it spread to her brain oh no and so for some reason whenever I open Twitter like every five seconds it would be like a news story about Shannon Doherty's cancer has spread to her brain and that's that's like exact and not breast cancer but like other than the breast cancer that's like what happened to my dad yeah is that he had you know cancer in another part of his body and then it spread to his brain so I was just like I can't <laughs> look at this right. So I had to, my poor, my lovely Shannon Doherty, who I've been a fan of since I was, you know, eight years old, I had to mute her from Twitter. I do it. You don't yeah. owe her. No, she, I don't. <laughs> she doesn't follow you. That's true. You know, I. Oh, feel that's like... another fucked up thing is because she basically, she hadn't worked for a while. So her SAG health insurance lapsed. And that's why she like didn't get a mammogram. And like, that's why the breast cancer was so bad is because they didn't catch it in time because she hadn't gotten checked out for years because of her her sag health insurance that's fucked up yeah this whole fucking system oh my god this whole yeah and i think in my opinion just to bring it all back to goop we talk so much about why our life expectancy is so embarrassingly short in the united states and people are like, oh, it's because all our food is poison and we're all fat and blah, blah. And like, okay, that might have something to do with it. But I think that the number one culprit is you have to pay for healthcare. And yeah. I think that kills people. Absolutely. I mean, like, it's to imagine, I just, I can, cause I am so hyper vigilant about this stuff mm-hmm. as far I as do. I drive my doctors insane. Having insurance, going to the doctor, like, constantly just like check because I also get it through covered California so like I just like go on the covered California website all the time just to make sure that they didn't like because I just am assuming that anytime someone could just like cancel your insurance so I'm like I'm constantly checking that it still says like enrolled yeah Um, I would be scared if I had like covered California or something like that yeah I mean it's so far it's been it's been good and like our uh you know premiums are pretty low and like 
once you get it's a, a pain in the ass to sign up for but once you get signed up for it it's pretty good but i still don't know like i don't know how much my copy copay will be on for this drug um i'm like a little stressed out about that too except i know i like i should what's worry. your like what's it called you're like deductible uh you're like max whatever like your maximum yearly payment oh is um, that your deductible yeah i think it's like i mean it's it's i think it's like less than ten thousand dollars that's still very high uh i i actually have no idea it's it, i have it's an hmo but it's like the gold level which is i think the lowest deductible um regardless of I what like, it is mine's like five hundred dollars i think okay i think mine's more than that but may, i i honestly have no idea but i i know in general my when i get prescriptions they're always like 19 cents or whatever so i'm hoping that this will be the same but who knows i'm so excited i don't know what's gonna happen to my health insurance because i'm moving to new york but i'm really excited to like get off kaiser and get on to whatever the new york oh yeah is. yeah um, uh, let's see because i'm so well, sick of these fucking people but whatever i know that's a, i was thinking if i moved out of state i don't know what i would have to do because cover i would yeah i don't know i, I don't guess know. i don't have to think about that now no um oh yeah oh my oh sorry my deductible is five is five hundred dollars and my out-of-pocket max is six thousand dollars i don't so, really yeah. i don't really know what the difference between your deductible and your out-of-pocket max are um yeah i think my out-of-pocket max is something it's like six seven thousand or something which you know god forbid it's that much but that's like you know it's, even if it is that much it's doable and once you reach it it's free yeah um, well, that's my big, you know, weight off my shoulders. And I still yeah. haven't, it's funny, like I've told obviously my family, my husband, um, a few close friends, uh, and now I'm telling everyone who listens to goop yourself, but I haven't done, I like picturing, I didn't want to do like a, a social media post is like so cheesy, but I'm also like, I do want to like say something publicly just for the fact of like reminding people to get their blood work done and to go to the doctor yeah so i think um when i get my pills i'm just gonna take a picture of them and put it on instagram and be like hey guys just so you know what's been going on with me yeah oh yeah because i i was thinking of like saying something on twitter but i then i was like so mortified that like if i do it i'll still get like two likes because <laughs> like yeah put twitter, it on instagram like, yeah i'm gonna put it on instagram put it on instagram it does feel like cancer is really popping off popping. I, like I know. everyone has cancer yeah and I forget if it was my doctor or something I read but someone said like it's like one out of two people it's like half of 50 percent of people throughout their life will have some sort of cancer like it's very obvious yeah yeah them. so hopefully knock on wood this is my um my only one I'm also going to the dermatologist soon just to like get that yeah, out of the way. I'm going to go to the dermatologist soon too. I have to get it. Well, sorry. <laughs> Again, uh, me making it about me. I I have to get a, go to the, I have to get like my breast. I'm not getting a mammogram, but I'm getting a, another scan. Okay. Ultrasound, I guess. Good. Because they found they, there was a lump on my breast, but it's probably nothing. Oh God. It's not scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
but it's just like, why is all of it? I mean, it's not, I don't, I mean, it's not, I'm not comparing myself to you. I guess I shouldn't have even said anything. No, no, no. I mean, it's good to. <laughs> it's just like, what is going on? You know, I. it's fucking iodine in the water, gay frogs, the jab, who knows <laughs> the air quality. The Chinese, the Russians. Yeah. Yeah. Are they? are they finally the getting us it's yeah it's it's biological warfare is it because of all of is it the microplastics um probably it's the uh glyphosate from roundup it's microplastics it's um non-organic dairy it's uh formula instead of breast milk it's um hormones in chicken it's probably living like a thousand feet from the fucking five freeway is like not the best idea in the world i don't know yeah we were so cocky when we were young I yeah cancer. anyway all right let's um move on uh all right what else is i'll going keep on everyone the- posted obviously um but yeah don't worry it'll be fine um what else is going on? Very little. I mean, the only, I was trying to think of like, or like, I was like combing through all the like websites I usually check to yeah, find something like, interesting to talk about. If if not in the world of wellness, like something in the world of like culture, society, literally anything happening in this world. And the only thing that even seemed like it was getting any sort of like buzz as like a trending topic is that Sunday Styles article in the New York Times about that new online magazine byline? Did you read? No. It's like, so obviously everyone knows like print media is dead, website media is dead, like all media is dead. And these two girls in New York, I guess during the pandemic, they did like a print newspaper just around like Dime Square in Chinatown. Um that i forget what it was called it was called something stupid uh but it just lasted for a couple years and now they're oh the drunken canal was the name of their newspaper and now they're trying to parlay that into like this new online site that i guess is you know trying to be a replacement for you know gawker the hairpin like whatever these things that we all read when we were younger um and that are now dead and uh the sunday style it was just a very snarky article um because like these girls like they don't pay their writers um they don't see well that's the that's the classic model yeah i guess that is the classic model they don't seem to have any like point of view other than they're like young and in like a trendy neighborhood in new york i'm gonna firebomb them um and i just want i don't want to read obviously the whole article i just want to read the first paragraph because it is I thought well-written by uh, a journalist named Kara Schechter, who I guess works for the New York Times. Mm. The article opens, so it's called, They're Here to Save Indie Media. A new web publication from a founder of the print-only newspaper, The Drunken Canal, tries to make a splash in a space where giants have sputtered. Can it work? So the article opens, Goots Guterman, <laughs> that's her name, Goots Guterman, sat, sat on an antique French farm bench in Pig Bar, a craft beer shop overlooking the sceny slice of lower Manhattan known as Dime Square. Reaching for a gherkin, her hand in a lacy fingerless glove, she paused- Ew, she's eating gherkins in lacy? Oh, fingerless, <laughs> yeah. okay. 
She paused to gesture toward the former site of the drunken canal newspaper box. If you know, you know, she said. It was a cool spring day, and Miss Guterman, 26, was here to talk about her latest editorial venture, Byline, a website that went live on Thursday. The whole thing... I'm I, so old. I know, right? When I go to New York, I am going to be like... One of the things I like about it is that I'm going to skip all of this, and I think I'm just going to fully slide into being like an old middle-aged New York person instead of having to compete with any of this. Oh yeah. Which is better. I'll be like a New York character. Yeah, like that be... crazy bitch who whatever like wanders around. Yeah, and like not... um the who's the the woman who used to work to be like the fashion columnist for the village voice who was sort of like she had like a a dark page boy haircut and she wore like really intense um circle of like rouge on her cheeks i don't know if i feel like i forget her i was she... thinking more along the lines of like michael musto that woman who was in who like um left her husband and like moved from wisconsin in her 40s to just like go to the movies all day and then like was a complete hoarder and ended up becoming homeless oh and then died that one <laughs> yes i based on your and brian's recommendation i watched that cinemania documentary thing i it was brilliant i'm like this is these are my people i said john no, they're not they're i said psychos. to john i said to john i was like these are the sanest people in new york <laughs> they were oh my god yeah so yeah the old woman in that who like got kicked out of the movie theater and like tried to go back in wearing blue eyeshadow that's what I mean when I say I'm gonna be like a, a New York City character not yeah, this... like somebody who works anywhere no 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 um, I mean you could start wearing like a babushka just push yeah like that's what I mean cart. that's what I'm yeah. talking about get one of those like like just like beige raincoats and like a little cart that I'm pulling around and just walk around with my fucking shit sounds like a dream um, um, I want to I want to read one more paragraph from this. Oh, please, please, please. Sorry. So, uh, she's talking about oh, she's talking about her whatever the website. She's a sequel, but not necessarily part two. Is how Ms. Guterman described byline at Pig Bar. So she's still at Pig Bar. You have to go to Pig Bar. I want to go to Pig Bar next time I'm there. A recently opened. So they first they called it a lounge. I don't know what they called it before, but now it says a recently opened pub. With studded leather floors, cured meats, Amish butter, sabret hot dogs, something with quinoa. Sabret hot dogs at Pig Bar? Yeah. Something with quinoa called a dream bowl and miscellaneous essentials like visine eye drops and camel blues. (laughs) I'm not setting foot in this fucking place. Uh, uh, Sounds Um, good. Animal is closing. I know. I don't, I want to say, I don't think I ever went there. Which I've never been to because I have no desire to eat bone marrow and I never have. I don't want to eat like whatever intestines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't want it. I mean, I like bone marrow. I really like sweetbreads, but all the other stuff, I just feel like animal, it was, it was just before I moved here, but it was, I guess, a really trendy restaurant when it opened in the height yeah. of like the meat craze. I guess that's like it was or- like, yeah. We're wait, were we talking about LA restaurants before we started recording? Yes. Yeah, I think we, we were- had this like long conversation. 
<laughs> yeah, you guys Before are lucky we... to get us when you do and not the first 20 minutes of our we conversation. We need to really warm up by like talking. But we I know it sounds up. like we ramble, but you have no idea. It's way worse before we start. We hit record, I promise. Um, But yeah, I feel like that was part of the new, like, that was like a very early, like when LA was becoming like a real like serious food town. I feel like animal, animal and also that like bulgogi taco truck. Those were oh, like Koji, the two, yeah. yeah, those were like the two, two of the big like culinary things that were sort of like got LA started as like a big food town in the last like 10 or 15 years. I'd heard about like when I lived in New York, I heard about animal. I heard about Kogi food truck. And then what's that one Thai restaurant in Thai town that was like the big shebang. Jetlada. Jetlada. Yeah. That was the other one that I was like. Yeah. But Jetlada is more like, um, like classic LA. Like that's always been there. Um, not yeah but, but yeah that was definitely that's definitely one of the places I'm definitely going to gelata before I leave because I because the thing about gelata is it's really really fucking good it's like the best food I've ever had in my life I think at that restaurant but also or it's like up there when you actually live in Thai town you're like this is all pretty good and I could just go to like Thai patio and not have to deal with all the fucking shit yeah um but gelata has a lot of like because they have a lot of like southern thai yeah and I, I, yeah i can't handle the super heat anyway it's really spicy yeah i think i only went there once and when i went i got whatever the like recommended dishes were from jonathan gold or whatever and i do remember it being good but it's like thai food for me i would say like 80 percent of the time is like I'm very basic. I, it's like comfort food. I love a, you know, a pad CU. I love a curry. I love mm-hmm. a, you know, pineapple fried rice or whatever. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. And I realized that there's a lot more to Thai cuisine than that, but to get some of these things with these, they, I feel like in gelada, everything has those, that like, it's not like peppercorns, but they're like green. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, green it's like, cluster of peppercorns. Yeah. It has that flavor to it where it's like it's so hot and it has like um like a very like vegetal mm-hmm. like a vegetal tasting like hot like pepper thing is in it. I don't know what it is and yeah. I'm probably being I don't know. But that is there's like that flavor to a lot of it. Um but like the crying tiger beef there is one of the best things I've ever had. And then yeah. what's the other thing? I'm like looking it up. Like what are their fame? The crying tiger beef. I'm definitely going to go back and get that. And then. There's like some sort of whole fish curry that everyone says is really good. Oh, yeah. I Well, you know, let's see. Oh, and there's a salad. There's like the. um. It's not just like the. What's this? There's like a salad there, too. That's like okay. insane. Um, um well let me know when you want to go because i'll i definitely want to go back yeah you're gonna be my like friend <laughs> my, my your foodie friend yeah yeah um I'll go anywhere okay yeah there's just like so much and i mean but you'll be i mean you'll have so many fun places to go in new york obviously and then you know you'll be back here before you know it 
Unless, yeah, you hit, unless you write a hit play and become the new Jeremy O'Harris. I know. I'm actually like weirdly excited about writing plays now yeah. for some reason. Because as I've said before, I'm a, so I'm going to NYU for getting my MFA in dramatic writing. And uh, when I was like applying to these programs, I was applying for screenwriting. Sorry, I guess I'll just talk about this because we're not talking about Goop. Anyway. It's not really that important. It's neither here nor there. But NYU was the only one that had like, it's not just screenwriting. It's like dramatic writing. So it's like playwriting, TV writing, and like screenwriting. And um, I was like, I don't know, because I really don't want to do playwriting, but I chose NYU for a bunch of different reasons. And I told Brian, like, this is like a playwriting indoctrination program because everybody who most of the people who go there submit either a, a tv pilot or a screenplay to get in um and only like a third of the people are playwrights but when I, it seems like everybody when they leave is like oh i'm a playwright now mm. <laughs> and i already am like oh i'm gonna write a play <laughs> and it probably yeah. i probably won't because i probably can't but no, you can. I mean, and you will. Like, don't don't you? You actually have to, right? As part actually, of actually, you have to. You have to. Yeah, at uh, least, the, yeah, the first. And year. now, I mean, the whole industry in LA is completely crumbling. So maybe playwriting is actually like a more financially sound decision. Oh God, it's like going to grad school for playwriting or whatever <laughs> dramatic writing when you're 38 is probably the stupidest thing a human being can do with their life but i mean it's no stupider than literally anything else that anyone is doing in this life so if it makes yeah. you happy you'll have such a fun time you'll have an adventure you'll produce some great writing you'll learn to like live in new york like there's so many fun things about it so like yeah I'll you just have, have to take it as an adventure student debt um yeah. Oh, sure. But like, no one has to pay back that stuff anymore anyway. Yeah, you just got to keep voting blue, people. <laughs> Vote blue, no matter who. I actually don't think that your student debt relief counts for your like middle-aged, like, vanity master's <laughs> degree. <laughs> I think it's just for like, if you go to, for something that's well, actually matter. But You got to vote for Marianne because she loves She'll the middle-aged vanity. She would support me. Oh, she would love it. In my, I feel like if she wasn't running for president, she'd probably be in the same class with me. Yeah, she would, or she'd be like the, like the dean of admissions. <laughs> yeah, she'd probably be like, yeah, the teacher. Um. So yeah, anyway, that's happening. And so we will soon be a bi-coastal podcast. Which is going to be cool because the bi-coastal podcasts are the... Yeah. And then I feel like if we're bi-coastal, we're going to have to get like, I don't know why to me that means we're going to have to like get set up studios in our apartments and like record ourselves and put it online. Oh, I mean, we could, it records anyway on zoom. We could just put it online. I don't, I think I don't really understand. Like it feels like the most boring thing in the world to watch two people do a podcast, but I guess some people like to see it. I know what we'll do. Here's we'll have to like record ourselves doing it. And then you, you break it up into clips and then you like put it on TikTok, where like, and you do a like a 
a two, like a double screen thing. And on one side, you're showing yourself talking. And then on the other side, you're showing someone like making a bunt cake. Okay. And that's what's on TikTok now. Great. I hope, do they teach you how to do TikTok? TikTok? No, you just know how to do it because you're a young. young. Um, So that's what'll happen. Uh, Great. I can't wait. And then you can talk about what's going on in New York. You can be our byline dime square indie sleaze correspondent yeah i feel like we yeah <laughs> um you'll make friends with all of the like fascist post west post left podcasters out there i did go to dime square last time not last time i was in new york but the last time i was in new york and like stayed for any considerable amount of time and it was um it was really nice yeah there's some fun uh i mean i went to clandestino and that's the thing like clandestino is like not that new of a bar like i went there years ago i think it just everything in that neighborhood just like became super trendy i think that it's always been like a cool i mean it's always been a nice like yeah well sort of i mean it was like uh it was the part of chinatown after the lower east side became like super built up and gentrified it was like the last part is that like border between the lower east side and chinatown that's still was like a little seedy but that's that was like 15 years ago yeah um I mean I don't know I think I had a friend who lived there like a long time ago that I went and stayed with and it was mm-hmm. like it was fun um it was like a lot of young people and whatever um and I don't know it was very like um the day that I went was like it was just really nice it was just like a lot of I don't know. It just felt, it had a very like festive, sure. Vibe, but it was like a Saturday and everybody was like out shopping, but it just yeah, felt yeah. very like fun and festive. Um, but I didn't even really realize that that's what, that that was Dime Square until I realized like, I was like, this has to be where they're talking about. And I was right. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, Canal and East Broadway and the sort yeah, of few blocks I got a, around there. I got like a really good smoothie there okay it was from a bodega it was like a um it was almost like a boba without boba in it it was just these like they were making these giant fruit like slushies it was just like fruit with ice basically blended and then they gave it to you in like a boba style cup with like the big straw that you poke through a thing in my memory they gave it to me like that i might be wrong yeah yeah it was so good anyway um and that was also where i found my now favorite perfume because there was this girl walking by who was wearing it my friend was like what are you wearing and this girl told us and we like immediately went and what was it? it it's that eccentric eccentric uh, molecules one okay Anyway, that's my downstairs square story. Um, yeah, and I'm sure someone out there is making good Thai food. Yeah, yeah. There's actually now. I think there's some good places in Manhattan. Back when I lived there, there was like you had you had to go to tw- Queens to get Thai food. Um, well, I'll probably be living in Queens. And if you're living in Queens, yeah, if you're close to like Elmhurst, uh, Corona, those Jackson Heights, even there's definitely some good Thai places. But it's it's not like LA. It's like, yeah, 
those Thai, Mexican, Korean, there's definitely good places in New York, but it's it's just not going to be the same. Yeah. And the sushi has got to be good, right? Uh, Yeah, I think upscale sushi is good. You're like... um, But you don't get like a hole in the wall sushi. You can. There's, I think there's some places. It's just probably not going to be quite as good. Um, no. Yeah, my yeah. my favorite sushi, just mid-price sushi place that I went to literally 20 years ago on 2nd Avenue called Shima. It closed, I don't know how many years ago, but it was great because you could like, it was like a sit-down place. It looked really pretty. The waitresses were really nice and you could just like stuff yourself for like $20, $25, but that doesn't happen anymore, anywhere here or there. Yeah, well, it happens here. I mean, I think you can get good sushi for 25 bucks here for sure. Where, like sushi stop? Sushi Stop, Sushi Mac. Um, I love to get the, from delivery, the Katsuya. Um, like, it's like a bento box thing. Okay. Um, we always go to Kura, which is the one that's like a revolving. Oh, that place is good. Yeah. One. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they still have those There's places some- where it's like $4 a plate. It used to be two fifty dollars a plate, and now it's like 4 Yeah. But, you know, I think you can still definitely do it no totally um, i never go to like sugarfish or anything like that i go to like <laughs> the shit yeah sugarfish i mean it's fine it's but it's like you're paying like 60 dollars. it's like i either want to have you know to pay 20 25 and just fill up and have a perfectly good meal or really splurge and be like okay this is world-class sushi yeah and sugarfish is like neither here nor there mm-hmm yeah it's like very middle middle of the road it's very like kardashian-y to me very like woodland hills like Mm -hmm. it's like upscale suburban like um, because you don't even get to try interesting fish it's just like here's a tuna here's a salmon here's a yellowtail it's like but to be fair i don't ever try interesting fish like i have my little things that i get and that's it we went to uh, Gardena for sushi Ooh. last weekend, and it was so good. We went to a place called um, Tampopo, okay. like the movie. Um, that's what it's called, or Tampopo. What's the movie called? Tampopo. Tampopo, yeah. I've yeah. never seen it. I've never seen it either because the egg, I can't. <laughs> um, do you know what I'm talking about? No. There's like that's the one. There's like this. There's like this famous scene in it where blah, there's this couple and they're like making out and they're like passing an egg yolk back and forth between each other's mouth. Ooh, and sexy. I've seen that clip. And to me, that's like worse than like the Shannon Delu eyeball thing. It's like <laughs> the most horrific thing in cinema. I can't. And it's supposed to be this like fun food, mo- food and sex and fun movie. But like that's not fun to me. Like I don't. I can't watch it. It's so disgusting to oh, me. Interesting. Um, but maybe I'll just suffer through and close my eyes. Anyway, this restaurant is also called that. And I got this. It was so fucking good. You guys, if you're ever in LA and you want like really good Japanese food, I highly recommend just like getting in the car and driving out to Gardena and going to like any of the little spots out there. Cause they're all so good. I got a bento box with like mm. the macaroni salad and like the little Japanese salad with the dressing. And oh my God, it was so good. Yum. All um, right. Shall we move on to the... No. (laughs) I've been trying to put this off. (laughs) We have to get there eventually. Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to be 
All right. My list. I mean, this is, I feel like we, there's an existential crisis facing both Goop and our podcast, because if Goop keeps going in this way, literally all we're going to talk about is restaurants and health scares. And, and cancer, if you're happy yeah. with that and cancer, and that, if that's fine with you, that's fine with us. But like, and, I know that like everyone started listening to this podcast because they're interested in Goop. And like, so we all have to sort of come together and like pray that like, they fucking create some sort of content in the next few months. Um, okay. All right. Well, here we go. All <laughs> right. What's your best? The Nashville article that I like, frankly, barely read. They didn't, and they did a Nashville article. I swear to God, like two months ago. They do Nashville all the fucking oh, cause, time. Cause Apple's going to school there. So she's there a lot. Is she? Yeah. She's in Vanderbilt. Yeah. Look, here's the thing about the Nashville stuff. I, I'm going to tell you this. I hate and fear the South. All right. Of America, the United States, the I'm increasingly, and I never, I, I'm, I know it sounds crazy to say increasingly, but it's true. It's like, I am constantly amazed that I can be more appalled by a group of politicians and voters than I was before, but I, I can, and I am, I'm horrified by the politics in the Southeastern United States. I, to the point that like, I don't even want to go. Brian's entire family's from Louisiana. And I'm like, I don't even want to go. I'm scared. I think that I'm going to get shot or something there. I cannot stand what's happening. Things feel like they're worse than ever. I mean, that's obviously not true, but they're like really bad, worse than they've been maybe in our lifetime. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It feels horrific. Um, okay. So I just want to get that on the table. The flip side of it is every time I've ever been in the South, I've had a really nice time because there are like really cool people who live there. There are like not crazy people who live there. There's like some very cool like culture happening there in its own way. And like, it's just so people outside of the United States, I don't think really understand like how strong the regional differences are in the mm -hmm. United States. Like someone who grew up in LA and then like spent time in Chicago, like my, my, I have so little in common. Like I am so not similar to someone who's from the South. It almost is like being from a different country. Um, and it's, there's, it's just like going someplace that's like completely different is fun. And to me, the idea of having like a three days in Nashville, especially because Nashville, this list is so sort of like coastal elite pill, like all of it. They're like, go to Soho house or whatever. Like, okay. Um, sounds fun to me. So was this article actually my best? No, nothing in this newsletter was good. But, you know, if I find myself in Nashville, which is not impossible, I'll definitely be pulling it up on my phone. I, yeah, I have been to Nashville a few times. I have such a good time every time I'm there. I haven't been in, I guess the last time I went was when we were driving cross country moving here and we stopped in Nashville. It's almost 10 years. Um, I also am like a huge fan of country music. I obviously love the food. So like, yeah, the culture, part of the culture, the politics, it's really obviously scary for 
increasingly for LGBT people in Tennessee, uh, for black people, for anyone who's not like a straight white Republican for women. (laughs) Um, and yet much like you, I'm fucking charmed as shit. Every time I go to Tennessee, you know what I even like better than Nashville is Eastern Tennessee, Knoxville or Asheville, North Carolina, the great smoky mountains. You got Dollywood. You got, that is my, one of my favorite places in the country. I've never um, been to any of those places. Eastern I Tennessee really, is so beautiful. It's like I, amazing. I do want to go to Asheville. I, Brian and I are always, cause we always, we go to Louisiana like once a year and I, we are always saying that we're going to go to, um, what's the place in, in Mississippi where old miss is. Biloxi. I don't know. No, there's like a, there's like another Oxford. Oxford yeah. Yeah. We're that's always, like the literary, like where Faulkner or whatever. Lived. Yeah. We always want to go there. Even just like shitty places that aren't even like that, you know, there's always something kind of fun about it. Yeah. And like, the thing is, so you guys are a white heterosexual couple. I am, you know, I'm gay, but like I can like, I, I'm not like, I don't like stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we can travel through these areas without a lot of conflict yeah. in a way that like, where that's like part of our like privilege. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, I, yeah, every time I go to the South, um, I I never am like, oh, I want to live there. But like, I always have such a great time. It's just a, it's just a pity that um, oh my God. there's all these fucking monsters that, I mean, and it's not like they only live in the South. There's fucking monsters probably on my block. I'm sure, but it's just like, yeah. oh my god, that's so crazy. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, is I don't there know. anything particularly from this? Because I, I, I swear to God, they did a Nashville thing like so recently. Yeah, um, no, there really isn't. I mean, like, there really isn't. I mean, what am I gonna do? A Fox Bar and cocktail? Even if I went to Nashville, I don't even think I'd. I'd probably. I don't know. The best would probably be. Uh, like the hotels yeah um i mean i would just want to see music i definitely want to do the touristy like go to the bluebird cafe i would try if i mean i definitely would go to like miranda lambert's restaurant yeah i don't know what i would even do i still have never been to the grand Ole opry either um i would do all the touristy stuff i would too i mean why not i'm not like i'm not above it i maybe i'd go to germantown um gotta go to you know prince's chicken get the original nashville hot chicken even though it oh, yeah. has like way more hot chicken places than nashville ever had now yeah uh and then all of these i mean nashville also because it is like the home of like the very rich ritzy like country music millionaires it is becoming like it has all the fucking things that la or new york has like it has a soho house it has like yeah a you know peninsula hotel it's like it's just like it's just another big rich city so yeah which is i'm fine with sure of course um there are plenty of i don't know maybe i shouldn't say that i don't know um but if you do go to nashville rent a car and drive east go into the smoky mountains spend a day at dollywood um and then go to drive even further east to Asheville and get some good hipster food because it's good. Maybe we'll go. We are, I think, driving. 
Oh, you're driving cross country? I think so. Um, um, yeah, if you take I, the 40, you'll get to stop in like New Mexico. Yeah, um, I've done it. I yeah. drove here from Chicago. I drove here from Chicago a couple of times, but I I think we're going to do it so that we go through Louise, we go through Monroe, where yeah, Brian's from. That makes sense, yeah. Um, and probably try to hit DC as well. Okay. So you're, so we might not make it. I don't know. We'll see. All right. My best. And again, this is, you know, grasping at straws, but I do feel like there are clues now that Gwyneth is entering a post paleo period. (gasps) And I'm really excited about it. Like, cause her little opening monologue this week was about this, um, instagram chef from new zealand i literally don't know where she finds these people yeah Um, i don't either she says new zealander josh emmett has become one of my favorite chefs to follow on instagram for cooking inspiration he's also very charming i make his hassleback potatoes and mustardy new potato salad all the time i also love his book the recipe in today's newsletter emmett is sharing three family and weekday friendly recipes with us One is a Persian style baked saffron chicken. That's a riff on a dish his friend used to make in London. There's a rice pilaf recipe that's excellent for using up leftover produce and a shrimp and butternut squash dish cooked en papayote. So what's exciting, none of these recipes are fucking paleo. She doesn't talk about being paleo once. There's no mention of Will Cole. There's no mention of her disgusting husband's disgusting brown bananas that she makes smoothies out of. There's Mm -hmm. no discussion of a stupid paleo pancake boyfriend breakfast. I really feel like she's turned a corner. Christ, I hope she has. I hope she has. I'm, I think paleo, I'm so anti- food elimination diet now it's Mm -hmm. insane like I'm always going to be pro diet (laughs) but I feel like these insane like lifestyle change ones are just so maddening and they make you go insane it and it may like whole 30 for instance I have a couple friends they're a gay married couple who both are like overweight um I don't think they would mind me saying that but they like will do whole 30 every once in a while together yeah but they're just eating i mean they just cook everything with like ghee or whatever yeah and like and then once the oh and they they cut out alcohol which is good and stuff but then like once the month ends they just go it's like what is the point of doing this yeah that's kind of where i always end up with it because it's like oh you're supposed to slowly reintroduce but the thing is i'm like that with everything but that's why i just have to do like calorie counting because Mm. nothing else Everything else will just, I won't do it. Like with these fucking, I've done Whole30 so many times and I've honestly never experienced any type of major change. Like I never have more energy. I never am like laser focused. Like all of these things that you're supposed to feel like I've never felt them. Um. And I've never been like, oh, that's the reason that like I have all my life's problems is because like I'm eating gluten. It's the gluten. It's just like, no, nothing is ever wrong with me like that. So it just doesn't, I guess I just don't need to do it anymore because I've never noticed a single thing. And it does like, I do think it makes you like weirdly hyper vigilant about every type of like 
about just like these types of food groups that like there's no reason to think is actually like doing anything to you you know like legumes or whatever like no it's because it, it, think... like what is wrong with the fucking corn give me a fucking break you can eat corn that diet was supposedly invented to test for allergies right like it's to eliminate That's, things but, that which could is also, cause yeah but it's like a lie like get over it give me a fucking break i think that like I bet you 10% of the people who do Whole30 are doing it to test for allergies and the rest of them are oh, doing yeah. it to lose weight or to, no. I think that the hope is that like, once you do it, you'll like love it so much that you'll just forever be some sort of like paleo bitch and you'll never have to worry about anything again. Cause it'll come naturally to you. And it sort of does for a little while, but you slide back into it because in my experience, you'll say like, you have to do this whole like self searching thing where you're like, I'm going to eat a cupcake or I'm going to eat an ice cream cone. But before I do it, I have to be like, is it worth it? And check in with myself and be like, is this worth it? And that's such a weird question. Cause it's like, what would make it not be worth yeah, it? Worth like, what? Like, I, I don't, it, it's like, the question is so it's just like, the, if you're overweight, like if you're overweight and don't have a food allergy, then the only thing that would make it not be worth it, or even not overweight, the only thing that would make it not be worth it is the calories or like maybe the sugar or like cholesterol or whatever, if like you're concerned about those things for whatever reason. But if that's the case, you still don't have to be like, is it worth it? You just still have to like budget for like, if I do this, that means I'm going to like have to, you just have to think about what you're eating throughout the like week instead yeah. of just like you, it's not like a, it's, you don't have to like do soul searching every time you want to eat a cupcake. You just have to like budget for it. And if you, if you do it, I don't know. It's just, it's maddening. It's no. so insane. And like, um, the thing, the problem with that thinking is I would always like lose sight of like, I never really knew exactly what that meant. And if I ever ate like a cupcake or a pasta or whatever, I never had these like major, you know, I'm breaking out. I'm completely lethargic, whatever, because I ate a fucking thing never happen. I never felt better or worse because of it. So once that goes away and you realize it's just like sort of conditioning orthorexia into your head, you just, you have no reason not to just like go ham and just like forget about every diet thing in the world because you're like, well, it didn't, I have no, I don't have the side effects. So I guess I'm getting away with it. Yeah. And it it's all, I mean, there are people obviously that have real allergies, but it's like the the only thing in my experience that actually made me makes me feel better is I have it's sad to say but not drinking yeah and not eating like like fast food and then the other thing which I'm so bad at and I need to get better because nothing is really helping me but is the eating slowly and chewing my food mm -hmm. more than any type of food or whatever it's just the act of like eating slow enough and chewing my food is so much more important. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Then, at least as far as like feeling what you feel after a meal, then, then like what you're eating. Yeah, I think that's a really, the doctors are always telling you to chew your food slowly. Yeah. And that's like a huge problem that I have too, like, I eat so fucking fast. Me too. It's like insane. I'm like a fucking anaconda. I just like throw it down my gullet and it's, I'm going to, cho- I'll probably die by choking to death one day. Um, I don't know where it comes from. I think it's because I have like such disordered eating. Like there have been so many times that I've, I've, I'm eating something and it's like, I get this sort of like panic thing where it's like, I'm not enjoying it. And I'm not like thinking about it I'm just like I have to get this over with mm-hmm. which is so weird because like I'll, I'll like really crave this thing and like have to like eat it or whatever like uh, I'll want it but then like when I have it I'm like okay just like eat it so it like disappears and I don't have to think about it anymore but yeah it's so weird um so yeah I think slowing down is probably a good idea <laughs> um it's always embarrassing when I go out to eat with Brian because he eats really slow and I'll just like be sitting there with like a completely like licked clean shiny plate looks like it just came out of the kitchen shelf and he's like just like just getting started sure, that's great yeah it's, like, both John and I eat really fast and it's like yeah. when we're out with other people it's really funny because we're both like 
clean our plate and then everyone else yeah i i should just like go with you guys Uh, yeah (laughs) but no i want it because i i it's it's so hard i mean it's obviously ingrained in my brain for the entire time i've been alive is eating and i have i don't know why it's like i've never been like in danger of not having enough food or like what it's just so crazy never never um um but i do always think like I do have like a scarcity mentality with food and I'm like, if I don't, um, like I'm always scared, like, and this might like, it's not just with food, it's with everything. Like if I ever have something that like, I think is nice or I'm excited to try it, or it could be like clothes or like skincare or like food or like an ingredient or something, I won't ever use it because I'm like, oh, it's, mm-hmm. and I just like, let it just sit there until it's like unusable or like, I don't want it anymore. Like, and it's with stuff that I like the most. Cause I want to like, keep it nice. I don't. And that runs in my family. I think it's like a type, I think it's like an OCD thing. Maybe. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm similar that way. And a scarcity mentality. I'm always like, if I'm with people eating and there's like a lot of things on the table I'm like oh I need to try every single thing I need to make sure that I get to try everything before because I don't know when it will go away when I won't be and it's like something I've maybe had a million times in my life it's I do think that's generational trauma from our shtetl it has to be it has to be generational trauma trauma from the shtetl because like when my grandma died we went through her stuff and she had like all these boxes of like nice like I don't know like cashmere sweaters and stuff that she just had never even like taken out of the box like she just kept and she wasn't like rich Mm -hmm. it wasn't like she was like shopping all the time it was like she had like her little nice things that she just never touched them because they were like nice and I it was so sad but I get I get it yeah uh all right what was your worst okay my worst is the perfectionist article and Mm. it's called the antidote to perfectionism I'll be honest I only barely skimmed it so this might be amazing and I'm just totally not getting it but perfectionism to me feels like another one of the like psychology pseudo-psychology buzzwords that like people are throwing around a lot that kind of could mean anything and everybody can sort of identify with it and in, in all kinds of different ways, because if you are just like a completely lazy slob and a piece of shit, like myself, you could still be like, it's because I'm a perfectionist that I don't want to try anything. Oh, and I do, yeah. I do identify with that to an extent because I, if I try, I have a problem where like when I do something and it's not turning out the way that I think it should, I'll just stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Which I guess would be considered like a type of this like perfectionist like mindset or whatever. Um, but I also feel like uh, it's the kind of thing that like in 50 years, no one will like this will seem extremely dated. You know, like it's not going to be um it's not going to be something that people are talking about or considering. It's just like another idea like, oh yeah, in the 2020s, everybody was like, don't be a perfectionist because that's holding you back. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. I, I guess I've never, I mean, I guess there's certain instances that I'm feel like I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, but on the whole, I'm, I'm not like that. I don't know. But then I do also feel like 
sometimes scared to like try really hard to do something because I'm afraid of failure. But I don't think that's the same as being a perfectionist. I don't know. I also think it's kind of normal. Like, yeah. does anybody not experience that? You know what I mean? Like, to I mean, I guess there are some people that just like do everything and put things out into the world and like if they're good they're good if they're bad they're bad and they don't have any sort of critical eye for themselves but i think any anyone obviously who has any sort of like taste or critical eye for anything is going to turn that eye on their own work too so right and it's yeah. like you're not gonna right i mean you can overdo it of course but I've also known people who have really underdone, underdone it. it. Yeah. Like there, I know there are some people who like, I don't know. It's a very, um, it's a very complicated thing. Like there, I've known people who have had projects that like really aren't ready, but also they don't do the work on it because they're, like you said, they're like afraid. I think this mm. happens with writing a lot. People will be afraid to realize how bad they actually are. And I don't mean that in like a bad way, but like when you have something in your head, like if you have like a script or whatever, and you want to write it in your head, it exists as this perfect thing. And as soon as you actually start to write it you you're like this is really bad oh my god and it's like devastating to realize like what it actually is but the thing is with that and like every other I think with every other art I can't, can't really speak to it but I'm pretty sure it's like you have to like get it out and then make it better you can't really just like it doesn't come out fully formed no. it's like you have to like build it and with writing it's all about like editing and rewriting and reading it and like getting it into that place where you're where you feel like it's good and you've like answered questions in your mind and stuff. And then I've definitely known people who like, and so I think sometimes like that first draft can be really like devastating to people because it's not what they think it should be. But then there are other people who refused, who like are like, I don't need to do this. Like I shouldn't have to rewrite anything. I should be able to just like, you know, as soon as it's done, like share it yeah. with the world. And like, I don't care if it's good or bad because I don't frankly care about this. I feel like people like that are often like actors who don't don't really like are mortified by the idea of even writing a script and they just like are doing it because someone told them it would be a good idea and they like resent they're resentful of the whole thing. Yeah, and I think opinion. that also that uh under preparation and just sort of like spitting it out is also like a comes from a similar place of like a fear of failure because it's like well I'm just going to do it and it is what it is and like you're preventing yourself from actually working on something hard and making it as good as it's going to be. Yeah. And that's, I think it, yeah, it comes from a similar place as the other people who are afraid to put anything out because they're also afraid that it's bad, but it's like, it's all coming from the failure of not being good enough. Yeah. You have to know when to draw the line. Like you have to, you have to keep reworking stuff and like rewriting it, but you have to get to a point where you're like, if this is done. Yeah. Well, yeah, whether it's good or not. And there's a also a grace in moving on to the next thing. If it's not happening, maybe yeah. it's just not happening. But it probably it's it probably is if you're yeah. working that hard on it, it's probably fine. Anyway, um that's what I think. All right. I'm giving my worst award of the week to the University of Manitoba, who okay. unfortunately for their graduating class they hired a conf it's not it's it's not the commencement 
speech, but it's the confer not confirmation, conflation. What is it fucking called? Commencement? No, convocation. Oh, that's like, is that just graduating? Yeah, it's like, because there's a commencement speech and then there's a convocation address. And anyway, the Universal University of Manitoba in Winnipeg. Oh, God. Got, <laughs> guess who they got? Oh, my for their God. Graduating class. I would literally get, I would demand my money back. The whole tuition, all four years. Unless I guess it's free because it's Canada. Well, I guess you get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Dr. Mrs. Miss OBGYN. Dr. Adjacent. Adjacent doctor. Jennifer Gunter, who refused to even follow the dress code and wear the hat because her curls were She didn't want to cover too, her beautiful curls. She didn't want to cover her beautiful curls. She got to give the convocation address and she received an honorary degree, a doctor of laws. So she's an honorary. So now, well, she, I guess everyone has to call her doctor anyway, but now she got an honorary degree from the university of Manitoba. And I do think the Dean there or whoever is a fucking Gunter goblin because to be. she took a picture with Jen Gunter and she's like, and she even got me a case of diet Coke. Like she's my people. And I really think it's just someone on Twitter that like loves Jen Gunter was like, oh my God, she's from Winnipeg, bitch. Let's, and she didn't, she didn't take the students' wishes into their account at all. Any, no. literally anyone. They in the wanted world. Ice Spice to do it. Yeah. yeah. And she, and they got, they got Jen, Jen Gunter, Gunter, the worst person in the world. Oh, so she flies to Winnipeg. She I I do want to hear a copy of, or she'll probably publish her speech on like the vagina. It's or just whatever. like my life is hard. Do you even know what I go through on Twitter every day? Have you met my boyfriend? You haven't. He's invisible, but he's real. I'm from Winnipeg, bitch. Fuck Gwyneth her- Paltrow. Goodbye, and that's it. That's oh, I bet she mentioned Gwyneth Paltrow in her address. All these twenty-one-year-olds are like, who, who, who are you fucking? They don't know. Who- they don't care about any of this. They're not on Twitter. They don't care about Gwyneth Paltrow. They don't care about science <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And then she got into this. And again, they don't even a, care about Twitter. Sorry. No. Go on. And then also this week when she should have just been relaxing, enjoying her honors. She, of course, gets into another fight with this Canadian. Like wellness site or something who just said that like babies shouldn't have a lot of like ultra processed foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes back and she's like, uh, she thinks that they're talking about formula, which they weren't even talking about infant formula. They were just talking about like, like fast food and like chips and stuff. But she's like, so what should I tell? Like baby shouldn't have formula if, um, their mothers can't produce milk, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then other people wrote back and was like, well, actually, you know, like, of course, formula is great for babies. Um, but like, you know, if at all possible, like breast milk is the best option, which, and I don't want to wade into these waters. because I literally know nothing about it, but again, she got so defensive of even anyone mentioning that breast milk might possibly be more nutritious than formula. And it's, it's because of her personal experience. And I understand a lot of women cannot produce breast milk. There's a lot of great reasons to have formula. You should never feel shamed for giving your baby formula or whatever. But as someone who's like super fucking into science and like the empirical evidence, she was so, and again, maybe I'm going to say something sexist. 
but she was so emotional because of her personal experience. She couldn't even fathom the fact that possibly, if at all possible, breast milk might be slightly more nutritious than formula. She wouldn't even hear of it. And she freaked yeah. out. There's like, am I, maybe I'm being an asshole, but no, you're not, you're not being big enough asshole, I think. But mm-hmm. like these people who are like super into science have this, like, they truly fetishize anything synthetic. Like they adore it. And I get it because, you know, it's, you know, the same basic thing. And like, we can make this stuff and like, you know, like formula or like, maybe I'm not comparing these. I mean, I guess I technically am, but I'm not, I I'm sure that there are, these are very different things, but like also with like GMOs, you know, they're very into GMOs. Like Mm -hmm. she's very into her diet Coke, which God knows I am a diet soda drinker. Um, but like they get very, very defensive about anyone who's like, I would prefer to have something that's like organic or natural or like breast milk or not drink diet soda or like whatever your thing is that you don't want to participate in. And it's like, it's fine. There's those things aren't bad. Like, I don't even think GMOs are bad. Um, but like if somebody doesn't, if someone can choose not to have GMOs and they can afford not to eat that and they don't want it, like, I'm not going to like scream at them or be like, and I'm also not going to like aggressively seek that stuff out. I think, I think the purpose of all of this stuff is just to make life easier. It's not to have like some sort of like political stance, like I feed my baby this shit and I fucking eat this crap because this is fine. And I'm a science first person. It's like, do what makes your life easier and, and move on. That's it's, there's no point in living. There's no point in like literally living as a human being in the future where we live with all of these amazing, miraculous, like discoveries and inventions created by humans to make, you know, to make our lives like longer and better. If, you're just using it as like a cudgel to beat people with and you're using it as like a way to define yourself as like a, to ideologically, you know what I mean? It's not the point of it. Yeah. Cause like the, I, the people like her that are so ideological about their trust of quote unquote science and technology of like any sort of man-made thing that they think is better than something quote unquote natural is it's the same zealotry as the opposite, the people that are like refuse to have any uh, processed food or it's, it's, it's like, they're both, they're both extremists. Yeah. It's like, and like, she I mean, can enjoy diet Coke, but she doesn't have to like, it's okay to say this isn't healthy. <laughs> like maybe it's not going to kill you, but like, it's okay to not things. You don't have to be so defensive. Like everyone has unhealthy habits, like her diet Coke. It's not the healthiest thing in the world, but like, who cares? Like she's the, she's the only one that's like, making this part of her identity yeah like it's not um like i do think that so people will like make up stories about what a lot of things can do to you you know like this is like xyz ingredient is going to kill you it's going to give you whatever disease it's going to do whatever and like a lot of that stuff isn't true in my opinion um so and there's a lot of like misinformation about food out there. Oh yeah. No, but I think <laughs> that people, yeah. But like it, 
it just, yeah, like you said, it just starts to feel like, like it's not really about that at a certain point. It's about just like, especially with it all being on Twitter and being so wrapped up and like, you know, it's because she has, she has to be right about everything. So when there's something she likes and it makes her, makes her happy, she, uh, it can't just make her happy. She has to also be morally superior to the other people. Yeah. It's like, if you drink diet Coke, then like, sorry, I'm looking at my bangs. I think I see a gray hair in my bangs and I'm like on the zoom camera. So I'm like pawing through my hair. <laughs> um, if you like diet Coke, I love, love diet Coke. Um, I love Sprite zero. That's like my number one drink at night instead of a glass of wine. Oh, yeah. And I also fucking love Dr. Pepper cream soda zero. It's, mm the most amazing soda I've ever had in my life. I'm obsessed with it. I drink like one or two a day. It's Dr. Pepper diet cream soda. It's Dr. Pepper cream soda. So it's like Dr. Pepper and cream soda. Oh my like God. Together. I need and to it's, try it. And it's zero. So it's like whatever, like Coke zero. It's not Sucralose, diet. Dr. Pepper, yeah. It's like, I, yeah, whatever it is. So whatever. I drink that shit so much. It's so good. Um, But like, there's no reason like no one has to have that (laughs) like I like it because it's like a sweet treat that I can have with no calories sometimes but like if you don't want that then don't have it what the fuck do I care yeah have it don't have I mean it was this it's the same as her diatribe against chocolate truffles made out of cottage cheese it's like if you like have it if you want it and that one is even more stupid because it's like cottage cheese is like undeniably good for you like Unless you have an issue with dairy, like people caught it. First of all, cottage cheese is back in a big way, as we know. And it's really tasty. I love cottage cheese. And it's actually good. It looks gross. I get it. But it's like, once you actually just like dig in, you realize it's basically just ricotta. Yeah. But I think I like it more than ricotta, actually. I'd rather yeah, eat it's a not as, it. um, it's not as dense. I mean, I like ricotta too, but, and I love, and I love, I, I love the full fat small curd cream cheese i like ricotta like i love like lemon ricotta pancakes or something like that or like ricotta baked baked into something or like mixed into Mm -hmm. something but as like i'm just gonna eat a bowl of it with like some fruit i want the cottage cottage cheese yeah uh yeah and sorry going back to the formula thing she's i guess this whatever fucking website she's freaking out about said no commercial formula can impart the immune benefits of breast milk, which I don't know if that's true or not, whatever. I think it's probably sort of true. I don't know. But she says, they can fuck right off. Seriously? What mes- message does that send? What other option did I have? How do you think that makes parents like me feel? Like, what? how dare you? Like, is it true or not? Yeah, it's like, you're supposed to be the scientist here. Like, Again, no one should be shamed for not being able to breastfeed. Yeah, formulas are fine. It's not, but yeah, it's not about your. It's the same things that these people are screaming out about people that don't want to take vaccines or or whatever it is. It's about their feelings. Trust the science. It's not about you. And then she is like just going insane when anyone says anything slightly critical of any choice that she's made in her whole godforsaken life yeah this it's woman... so insane. like how is that supposed to make me feel like it doesn't matter how it makes you fucking feel because 
people have options and they deserve to have as much information as possible. And I don't think it's a controversial statement to say that like, it's better to breastfeed than to give formula. Yeah. I think that's like, a, I think that's like pretty widely accepted as true. And if you can't give, if you don't, can't provide formula for whatever reason, or don't want to, which a lot of people just don't of fucking want not. to, it's then fine. Guess what? There's formula and you don't need to worry about it. So it's fine. Your baby will be fine with formula too. It's okay. No one is judging. I know maybe there are people judge. that are judging, but like there are people who are judgmental about it. That's true. But it's like, honestly, I think most of the people who are judgmental about it are like basically the most powerless and insignificant people on the planet. And sometimes they might make you feel bad because I feel like it might be someone like your mother-in-law who oh, might sure, make sure. you feel bad about something like that, which can be very, I'm sure it could be very painful. Yeah. But um, if it's like, you know, if your entire life is about seeking validation on Twitter, then like you're going to get all the support you need when you talk about using formula instead of breast milk, because these people, you know, they don't give a shit. Yeah. And if she, I don't know, being a doctor and a scientist, it's like, shouldn't she care about the facts more than her own personal feelings or anyone's? It's like, like it, what it, the choice same people... did I have? Okay. Well, you didn't have a choice. That doesn't mean nobody on the planet has a choice. Yeah. Psycho. You know? Psycho. And also like, like I mean, I get she's like an OBGYN, so she probably has to deal with this a lot, but like her kids are like 19, 20 years old. Like how are you, this is how long happened are you going to so carry this ago. shit what, around yeah, this with is... you for? Yes, it's true. It's like, is this really that big of a fucking deal in your life that like, you're still pissed about this? Because, and, and 20 years, I mean, maybe 20 years ago, maybe that was the height of like of like breast milk is best culture. I have no idea. I don't know. Whatever. It's like, she's so, it sounds really sexist. She's so emotional about everything. I know. Anyway. She's, um, she's very angry and very defensive. And I don't know if this is what I want to know. Is she being reactionary and angry constantly? So to like stir up controversy on Twitter, because like getting people mad is the best way to get attention online. Or is that just her natural personality and it just happens to work really well on Twitter? So that I think the latter. Mad. I don't yeah. think she's canny or savvy enough to do this as like a just to just to drum up controversy. I think that is her personality is to be is 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 to be appalled and angry about everything. And like maybe she maybe in real life, if you talk to her, she'd be really like low key and chill. And it's like it's like getting all of those feelings out on Twitter. Um but I have a feeling, I just don't think that there's many people in her life that like challenge her on any of this stuff because I'm sure well, she any... obviously, yeah, sorry. She obviously like cuts anyone who challenges yeah. her at all out of her life permanently. Yeah. I mean, she must be terrifying to disagree with. Oh my God. Cause she's an expert on everything. She knows everything in the world. Everything. And, um, any like any conflict she has is like someone is like literally trying to kill her and she yeah, needs, yeah. you know, protection. Yeah, you can't just have, like disagree in good faith or like, there's no. no such thing as like a difference of opinion. It's I am right and you are wrong. Yeah. And I mean, I do get it because it's like, that's true about being like, you know, a dog, like obviously she's right, I guess, in terms of like her field of expertise or whatever, but also 
she is not the only OBGYN in the world. And I know there must be, there are differences of, of opinion in this field of study. Like that's just, that has to be true. It's like, she's not the most, she's not like at the top yeah. of some ladder and everybody else is just like saying whatever she thinks. Oh, and did you see the other thing that it was like, <laughs> I posted it on our Instagram, the like some national OBGYN board or something ranked it was like the top 100 I OBGYNs did. on social media yes. and she wasn't on the list oh my which god which is so funny because like objectively I think she probably is like the biggest social media OBGYN I assume I mean so. I can't think of another one I, yeah I can't but... we can't think of another one so whoever made this list obviously personally just hates her which I think is so <laughs> funny or like maybe just straight up doesn't know who she is but like they literally compiled it wasn't just like the top obgyns the list was the top obgyns on social media it's so funny and who were the other obgyns i'd never heard of any of them it was really funny and she's like i didn't even make the top 100 but then of course this list or whatever it is i'm sure that this it's not important. It, it means nothing. But just because she didn't win something that she felt she deserved. Yes. She of course, she, freaks out about it. And this is not the first time that she's like gone on Twitter to be angry that she didn't win an award or something like that. Like there was another time, right? Wasn't there another one that she like didn't get something and she was like, she didn't get nominated. Her book wasn't selling enough or oh, something yeah. like that. I remember it happened before. She was like, she got on Twitter and was bitching about she didn't win something or get recognized. Like keep some of this shit to yourself. Like have a little bit of like grace and humility and just like, Oh my God. But uh, yeah, whoever, whoever compiled that list, I think knew exactly what they were doing and I applaud them. Yeah, I do too. Actually <laughs> good for them. Uh, all right. What was your craziest or your saddest? My saddest was, this fucking article that was called like how to secret ways or something to like get more to use collagen or something did you see it what was it called it was something so dumb and it was just or not collagen retinol oh yes i did yeah and i was just like I'm sorry, but how fucking easy ways to add retinol to your routine. And like, I'm sorry, but like adding retinol to your routine is already easy. Like you don't need a secret, easy way to do it. You just get, and no one who's reading Goop is like, hmm, how do I put face cream on? Like, that's not a problem for us. Like, we're no. using face cream. We get it. If anyone needs to add fucking retinol, then you just add retinol. Like, it's not hard. Why would they? And I understand this is just like they can't figure out a better way to market all this shit that they're selling because they've started doing retinol just in the last like six yeah, months. Yeah, they must have had some study where it's like because they they were so that's what's weird to me is they were so vocally anti-retinol for so long because it was like were they vocally or anti or I yeah they kept saying thing. like here's a natural alternative to retinol mm. retinol is too harsh on your skin here are things to use if you don't want to use retinol but that maybe it's just their audience is like I think uh, they just, we're using they retinol. realized it was like a losing battle yeah yeah um and, and it's I mean- like there's so many products you can buy that have retinol obviously any dermatologist can prescribe you like retin-a Mm -hmm. Um, it's yeah, there's no secret to it. Yeah. And like, I mean, these are all good, I guess, tips, I guess. I mean, I don't know really what they are. It's just like, you know, 
it's not actually when you read it, it's not like I know retinol getting retinol on is like hard and here's an easy way to do it. It's just like your typical shit, like, you know, put it on and then put on moisturizer and wear sunscreen the next day. And then they're selling all their little things to, to do. I get it, but it's just something about the title was just like so pathetic to me. I was just like, these people are like, they go on a full vacation for six months out of the year, actually seven, because it's also all of like Christmas. So it's just like, they're just gone. They don't work. I mean, Megan, God bless her, is pregnant with her second child. She's been on maternity leave for two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> and she just like, she just is like always in like Costa Rica or whatever. Yeah. She's like literally on vacation like every time or she's just like walking around Brooklyn in like a yellow sundress. Yeah. And just like so pregnant. I do think it's like she probably just has like a fake pregnancy belly that she'll put on sometimes just to like get out, to of, get out of work. work. I just, I don't know. I mean, I like that. It's very um, European. Yeah, they yeah. should all get um, as much maternity leave as they want. Oh, and it's fine. I mean, we'll still, we get our fix. We're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I couldn't believe that they were actually sending me something that said easy ways to get retinol, to to use retinol. Like, I, I was just like, this is true bottom of the barrel shit. <laughs> easy ways to add retinol to your routine. Thanks, Goop. I really, it was really struggling. It was a struggle. Ugh. I needed someone, someone to make it easy for me. Um, all right. Well, from the face to the nether region. Okay. My craziest is on the Father's Day gift guide. They had, we all know about the um, prostate stimulator there. <laughs> so now they have another sex toy for a guy on this one. Yeah. <laughs> and- a prostate stimulator for Father's Day. I know we talked about it. It's just still so funny to me. It's funny. Oh my God. This one's even sort of crazier. It's like, it's like a, it's called the Arc Wave Ion. It looks like a just some, some sort of like gadget that you would see at some store and have no idea what it is. It's like black and like whatever, but it's basically just a fancy flashlight. Oh my God. And they say, okay, this, okay, here's the product details. It's $199, final sale, no returns, obviously. Okay, I hope so. Arcwave Ion. And it's the it's like the least sexiest name. It's so clinic. It, it's not even like, like happy dick or like- <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like there's, there's nothing. Yeah. They were like on the, they were like, should we call it Arcwave Ion or happy, happy dick? dick? And then I guess. No. But it's like, I guess that makes sense. If like you want to buy something and someone sees the receipt, they're like Arcwave Ion. Like I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Um, this penile masturbation device is sleek, powerful, and designed to give, this is the, inter- this is the interesting part, the way they're advertising this designed to give the feeling of a female orgasm, meaning right gradual build up higher payoff oh god it just okay so if any brands curious men want to figure out what it's like to be a woman to come like a woman <laughs> get this arc what so it has um ion uses pleasure air technology <laughs> the same design that makes the fan favorite womanizer vibrator so good to suck and massage Using a bit of water-based lube, slide your penis into the ion. Let the device rumble awake and explore stroking motions and eight levels of suction from gradual buildup to intense peaks. 
Ion is made with smart silence technology. So the device automatically turns on when it is in contact with skin and switches off when you set it aside. Smart and silent, unlike the person who's usually sucking your dick. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. No need for this fucking chatterbox anymore. <laughs> I mean, okay. I really don't. I mean, I guess you could never know like what is actually different about like having an orgasm with like whatever your genitalia is, but uh, I can't imagine that it's really that different. I, I don't know, but Hey, if anyone tries this happy dick, whatever the fuck it's called, you know, and wants to let us know, I have to admit, I'm a bit curious. I mean, it sounds intriguing. Honestly, if someone was like, this is what it feels like to have a dick, I would get it in like one second. I like, I mean, I've always wanted, been so curious, but it just because like men just like have these dicks that are just like out and coming all the time. And I'm just yeah, like, that, that's what this type of sex toy for a man. I just don't really understand. I mean, maybe it's mind blowing. I've never had an orgasm like this. I will never you know it will never leave my side for the rest of my life I can't imagine that's true but it's like sorry if there's one thing guys are good at it's like getting themselves off yeah I've never yeah I've never met a guy who didn't know how to jack off also like I've also never known a man who's like ever used one of these things no I haven't either not that I know of yeah because it's sort of funny for a novelty but like and again who knows maybe it's great but I mean, I guess what makes me curious, what does it say? Sorry. It's so it's the combination of the vibration and the sucking motion. Those two at once seems yeah. it's going to be have to, it has to be something that a human cannot do. Yeah. I mean, so, I do think that that's like the, that's why like so many women have vibrators. Cause like that makes more sense. Cause women, yeah it's like a harder, a harder thing for a woman to orgasm. It's harder. And like, you know, yeah, these vibrators are able to do things that like no human could do. And that's like fine, you know? Um, and I guess like, it sounds like this thing is also doing something no human could do. Cause who's going to vibrate and suck at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you got to get the machine Dark to do it. Iron, yeah the uh, yeah the ion whatever but it's just um, it's just depressing i mean i for some reason like sex toys for women doesn't seem depressing but it's like this type of sex toy for a guy is like because it's not like um this doesn't seem like the type of sex toy that you would enjoy like with a partner yeah and then also it's like well if you're just like jacking off by yourself like let's not make a whole fucking ceremony about it like, exactly it's, it's like yeah. do we really need to do this whole like fucking to do like yeah. haven't haven't you done this like every single day of your life for the last fucking 30 yeah years? since you were like 11 years old like literally, yeah like literally come on millions of like, times yeah in the shower in your bed on the couch like god knows where else public restroom uh, yeah at these... work on an airplane and the list goes on and the on. list goes on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I, I kind of feel the same way. Like it doesn't, I don't know. And it also seems like a weird, like marketing thing. Like, Oh, this is like a female also like who wants this female orgasm? Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess it's that like gradual longer, I don't, I, I mean, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Aren't they all gradual? 
Well, a male orgasm is not very gradual. I'll say that. All right. It's pretty, like, once it starts, it's going to be over pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's the point. I guess that's also what Sting was after with his Oh, yeah, yeah, Tantra. And and granted, the only sort of experience I have with a female orgasm is, like, movies and TV. Where Harry met Sally, yeah. So in my mind, it's always like, Oh, ooh. And it's like it like goes, it's like Samantha from Sex and City. It just like goes on and on forever. Yeah. I don't know. I, also like, I don't know like... that I want a longer orgasm. Like it's fine the way it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like Yeah, I guess I guess women do have orgasms that last longer. Yeah. In my experience, now that I think about it never thought about but guys it. if you want i mean not to get too graphic but it's that's what like edging is for it's like you you start and then you stop and you start again and then you stop again yeah like, i mean I like men seem to really like having sex <laughs> i yeah, mean like, like like a short orgasm it's like because once it's done you can you don't have to think about it anymore and you can move on with your life yeah you can just get on with it yeah you can just fall asleep yeah Go back to watching the game, whatever you're doing. Yeah, men fall asleep and then like women sit up crying. <laughs> crying, writing, like spraying their like <laughs> diary with perfume and like writing love letters. And then like concocting like insane scenarios about like how much the guy hates them and then like having a panic attack mm-hmm. and then like having a glass of wine and then mm-hmm. like finally falling asleep at like three o'clock in the morning. Um, Maybe wake him up and have a fight. I mean, there's a lot we can do. I mean, I don't want to spend $200 on this, but I don't think you need to spend $200 on a fucking sex toy on a flashlight. Dan Savage retweeted this thing. I do follow him on Twitter. Maybe I should stop because maybe he's bad, but whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm old. He's from my time and he brings me comfort. And he retweeted this thing about this guy who had a flashlight and his son found it and his and he was like daddy what is this it's probably not true and he was like oh it's to practice kissing ew and he was like don't do this because your son is gonna try to kiss it which is definitely true but if the whole story is probably made up but it's it's only guys like it's only people who like write to dan savage who are like i have a flashlight it's never like any person you come across in life. I know. Well, I mean, I guess if I knew someone that had a flashlight, they probably wouldn't like offer up that information. So maybe people have flashlights. I just. I don't know. I just, I feel like some guy that I was like sleeping with in my life or dating or whatever would be like, yeah, I have yeah. a flashlight. And none of them have ever no, yeah, said yeah. that. I just, I, that makes me think it's just not common, but maybe what do I Yeah, think? I don't think it, I can't imagine it. I haven't it's dated. Common. It's not like, I'm not that big of a slide. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't, I don't know. Um, alrighty. Well, uh, aside from the arc light, arc light, <laughs> whatever it's called, arc wave ion. oh the flashlight the arc yeah, light the, the arc light. ion arc light what uh what would you try um okay so i guess i would just try something that's not on the list and i have been trying it so i did make a huge fucking deal about how i'm over you know elimination diets and stuff like that i am i'm on a diet though Uh-oh. i'm doing five two oh which i've done before i did like a billion years ago, it was um, 
it was I think I, I did it when I lived in Silver Lake. So I would have been yeah. in my twenties and it was all right. Um, basically the way it works is like five days a week you eat normal and then two days a week you eat 500 calories. So it's like, it's like intermittent fasting, but you only have to do it two days basically. Um, what wh- are those two days? Are you having issues or? Is well, I'm only, to- I just have been doing it for a week. Okay. So I've only had two of the fasting days. They were actually pretty easy. I mean, the harder day. So I did it on Monday and Wednesday. And I found that Tuesday was really difficult. Like, cause I had really low energy. That was a day when I was like eating normal, but uh, I was still like trying to not, I mean, I'm eating normally, but I'm not, I'm still trying to like keep it to a certain number, you know? So yeah, it was yeah. like, it was like kind of rough. Um, but what did I eat? So on the first day I ate, um, I don't even remember, I guess I had, well, I remember what I had the second day I had a, um, I just had like a protein shake and a frozen, oh my God, I got something that was so good. It was a Blake's shepherd's pie. Mm. It's like a frozen shepherd's pie and it's, there's an organic one and a non-organic one. For some reason, the organic one is like a hundred calories more. I got the non-organic one, but it's still just like the ingredient list is really short. It's like potatoes, meat, carrots, or whatever, peas, whatever the hell is in it. Oh, it's corn. Um, and it was so fucking good. It's small. It was like 280 calories. Okay. So I just had um Yeah, I just had like a protein shake and that. Mm-hmm. And then like the first day I had, I think I also had a protein shake and oh, I made like a chicken salad. Okay. That's you not know, bad. it wasn't crazy. I mean, it's not oh, and I got the I got jello cups so I could have like a mm. little like 10 calorie jello. Yeah, it wasn't too it wasn't too bad. Um and you do this on days when like you don't have to like leave the house. I feel like that's well, that's like every day for me. So yeah. yeah. I um, mean, I don't have to do anything. I just kind of like stay home and and not eat. <laughs> and don't eat. Yeah. But it wasn't, it's yeah, I'm just like I'm waiting to see. I wonder that might be the reason I've been having so much trouble sleeping. Oh, because you're but, not eating enough. Yeah. It's um if I go to bed, if I go to bed really full, I have a hard time sleeping. And if I go to bed really hungry, I have a hard time sleeping. It's tough. Yeah, it's like a tough like little in between. Yeah. Let's see. What did I have? Yeah, I made a Greek salad. I made a protein shake. Oh, and then I also this was this was a mistake. I got like super low calorie bread and I can't believe it's not butter spray and sugar-free jam to make like toast. And I'm not afraid of the chemicals and I can't believe it's not butter because I don't eat. I've like never had it before, so it's like it's not going to be a huge issue. But that was absolutely flavorless i've never had anything that i could taste Mm. i could not taste it was like eating literally eating nothing i've i've never had anything like that so i don't think i've ever had i can't believe it's not butter i got the spray so Mm. you can have six it's just because it's like super low calorie so you can have six sprays of it for five calories it tastes like margarine oh okay um oh i stopped my habit of uh morning piece of toast with butter on it every day because i'm 
still trying to get my triglycerides down. Good. And I might what switch. What are you having instead? Nothing. I mean, I have uh, my like yogurt and cereal mm-hmm. and stuff, but I might, I might switch to low fat yogurt again, which is so sad. I'm back. I'm like a hundred thousand percent on low fat. Here's my theory. So when our parents were our age, everybody was low fat, no fat, blah, blah, blah. Now everyone's like high fat, you know, keto, avocados, bacon. Whoa, something. Oh God. There's like a, some, there was like a person was like cleaning the like cleaning crews here to like clean my, like the common areas of my apartment oh. building. And someone just like walked by and they like brushed the side of my window with a broom but it's like i could only sort of see it made like the craziest noise and i got scared okay i was like what is that weird thing happening in my window anyway that was what you just heard um anyway they were like low fat we're all high fat but we're the first generation that's supposed to have a shorter life expectancy than our parents so we should just eat like them oh okay yeah no i mean i don't know i think I think maybe there's a healthy balance of like, you don't need to have all low fat everything, but also like having fucking full fat milk and full fat yogurt and like coconut oil and, you know, the fattiest cuts of bacon and chicken skin on chicken thighs and all that stuff is also probably not good. So it's like, yeah. And I don't really like that stuff anyway. So it's not that big of it. What I like is dairy fat. Like I like whipped cream and butter and fucking shit like that. I really don't like fat on, like, I don't want chicken thighs or anything like that. So I do have my issues, but Mm. you know, it's easy enough. I just, I can't find, maybe there must be a brand. I just, it's hard for me to find an organic or a grass fed organic low fat yogurt. Mm, there must yeah. be somebody that does it i don't know yeah there must be i don't think that the yogurt i just get like chobani i don't think it's organic no it's absolutely not or even faye like i wish faye had an organic because i love faye's low-fat greek yogurt but it's i'm like where's this milk coming from yeah i don't know Reese. but i don't no, even probably think probably not milk, it's probably not i know probably not what we get here no uh all right i would try so i would try one of these that chef from New Zealand that Gwyneth is obsessed with his mm-hmm. um, uh, Persian style skillet baked saffron chicken. Actually at my local Indian grocery store, they had, they were on saffron was on sale, like good quality Iranian saffron. So I bought a couple grams and I need to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, it does have the skin on organic chicken thighs, but you could probably do like skinless, boneless, or even breasts if you wanted. And then the flavor combination is, seems weird to me but i'm sure it tastes good it's um saffron and then you do potatoes and then it's olives and capers and then turmeric and honey the olives are throwing me and capers i mean i like olives and capers but it it reminds me sort of that combination of the briny olives and capers and then the sweet honey reminds me of chicken marbala but then you're doing a turmeric and you're doing a saffron and that's like so different I can't really. Yeah, it a... doesn't. Yeah, it's the saffron and olives and honey and turmeric. Like I could do, I could do turmeric, honey, and saffron, or like turmeric, olives, and saffron. But I can't do the the three of them. Too. I just, I don't, I, I, I can't get my head around it. Yeah, which makes me curious. 
Um, I mean, I get, you know, you have something sweet, something savory, something acidic sort of, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Well, saffron is such a strong, overwhelming flavor. It's like, yeah, with all the other stuff, it seems like a lot. I don't know. I'm going to try it. Um, Try it. John is not an olive person, but I think these olives are sort of just on the bottom of the pan. So I think you could pick them You can pick them out. I like olives. I'm back on olives. I love olives. Um, Oh, you know what I've been adding? Okay. So this week I've just been not wanting to like make my usual healthy lunches every day. So I've just been, we've, I've just been making turkey sandwiches. Yeah. Um, But I did do a quick pickle of beets. Just oh, putting God, beets I in. It's it. so easy and so good. Just put beets in, you know, regular distilled vinegar with a little bit of sugar and a little bit of salt, and oh, just just perks up a sandwich like nothing sure else. Does. Or anything yeah. you could pickled red onion. Yeah, really anything. easy. I love the pickled. What is it? It's like horseradish or turnip or something that you get at um, like Armenian restaurants, like chicken. Like it's oh yeah yeah yeah. That stuff is good whatever those purple things are those are so good what is that is it it's a radish right it's a radish i think so those things are so good uh yeah i've been doing oh i love the santa maria house-made turkey breast from whole foods it's like a little spicy Mm. and then doing you know a little bit of swiss cheese or cheddar cheese avocado a ton of sprouts and then instead of mayonnaise or anything, I do you ever get that bitchin sauce that's made of like cashews? Oh, I've always wanted to try it. Is it good? It's good. There's so many different flavors. This week I'm doing the buffalo. So it's sort of like a buffalo chicken sandwich nice. with tons of sprouts and then the pickled beets. Very yummy. That sounds good. Mine is, this is mine. This is my lunch that I have like every day. <laughs> and it's really fucking embarrassing. I get either one slice of regular bread or two slices of low calorie bread turkey meat from like Ralph's like whatever the fuck like bottom of the barrel like Oscar Mayer or from the deli case but like probably not one slice of a Sargento ultra thin which is like a 45 calorie cheese a teaspoon of mayonnaise that I measure out and chips that's what I've been eating every day I'm like that's literally basically the same thing that I make yeah, but mine is toxic. You're, <laughs> I just do the bitchin' sauce instead of the mayonnaise. I add avocado and a shit ton of sprouts. And then my cheese slices are definitely thicker than 45 calories. Yeah, and I don't have anything, like there's like no fiber, like there's nothing healthy there, mm-hmm. except for like, I guess the protein. Yeah. And I also, I use um, Ezekiel bread as the bread, I, toast. I like yeah. Toast. I toast my and bread. I, I do like chips too. Yeah, I've been eating chips. It's been helping me get through the day and a Diet Coke. It's like, hey, Ooh. it's lunchtime and I'm fucking. Oh, I might have a Coke Zero after this, actually, if John still has any in the fridge. It sounds good. You know, you really should treat yourself. Everybody go to the fridge and get yourself a Diet Coke. You deserve it. Um, okay. What would you buy? Um, From this like pathetic article that I was embarrassed by, there's this Venn collagen intensive you know i think i've done this one before as a thing i would buy Mm. i don't remember because i'm often just picking stuff at random like oh i would buy this but then i like actually don't but if i could buy one thing this week it would definitely be the collagen intensive phytoretinol renewal sheet mask which is like a mask i've definitely talked about this i'm realizing now as i talk about it i've talked about it before 
there's a sheet mask and it's like got retinol on it and to me that just sounds really good it does sound good except for i've like never put it on my nose before and it seems dangerous because your uh, nose is yeah that's the the, the one part i don't put the retin-a on is my nose and around my nose because i it for some reason that skin is like way more sensitive than well like my that's forehead. that's where like you know it sticks out and like gets you know you have to really get a lot of sunscreen on that oh yeah and you don't need to make it more sensitive by putting a bunch of fucking shit on it so i just avoid you know and i i never no one has like a wrinkly nose no that's true no um so yeah that's um that's the one weird thing about it but i would still try it i don't know and it's kind of expensive i don't know how many you probably just get one if i know these bitches you get it's 47 dollars, which is very expensive for For, oh it's for one for 47 dollars. let's see how many come in a thing oh it's sold out i guess people like it how many yeah i think it's just one is it seriously one comes in this thing that is wild that's wild 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 I mean, my microdermabrasion goop glow stuff is like, it's expensive, but it lasts forever. I do like that microdermabrasion. I have some uh, of that stuff too. I might switch after it's gone. I might switch back to the pads though. Cause I like those pads a lot too. Oh yeah. I like those too. I have, I always kind of have those around for some reason. I don't know why. Like people give them to me. Yeah. That's like me and um, goop glow. I always just sort of have it around. Yeah. All right. So I would try. Okay, so we all know Jen Gunter loves Fluvargs, and now the Goop Girls, their shoes are called Glurups. $100 for Glurups. Wait, are they clogs? Yeah, they're like slip-on, comfy sort of clogs. Wait, I've been looking at these. Wait, what? how do you spell it? I swear to God, these are the ones I almost bought those. How do you spell it? G-L-E-R-U-P-S. They are... So like clogs and slippers. Oh, oh no, these are not the things that I was looking at. Okay, OMG, I live for Glurups. They're absolutely life-changing. The thing about them is this. If you have a pair of, pair of Glurups, you will never have cold feet again. You are always less than a minute away from having toasty, warm feet. They look adorable and vaguely Scandinavian. You know Lucas Madsen is patting around in them. On men, women, and children. And the bottoms are brilliantly unslippery. I love them so much, I bring them on vacation. And of course, I give them to everyone I know. Even Megan has a pair at this point. Gene Godfrey June, Executive Beauty Director. I mean, these do look nice. They I look kind comfy. Of want them, but they're, these are slippers for at home. Yeah. They're like for around the house. Yeah, I might get these. I, I am a slipper person. I wear slippers whenever I'm in my house. Me too. And mine are all fucked up. And I I've had the same pair of slippers for God knows how long. I got this pair. I got a pair of slippers. They were these like white slippers with like this big yellow happy face on them. I saw them at a store and I thought they were so cute. Then literally that day, they were like the number one bullshit, like TikTok fucking slipper. They were everywhere. And I don't know how, I swear to God, I bought them before I saw them on there. But I think that TikTok had just so conditioned my brain to have that taste, or I don't know. Cause I saw them in like a straight up like boutique in Sherman Oaks here. Hmm. And they're so cute. They immediately got shitty. Like they're like black, they're floppy, they're so fucked up. I still wear them every single day. Um, 
but they immediately got insanely fucked up and I don't know how it happened so quickly. So I do need new slippers because these are just a disaster. I'm gonna have to throw these out. So maybe I'll get something a little more substantial this time. Maybe I'll get a Glora. Yeah, these, I mean, a hundred dollars for slippers is a lot, but like if they're going to last for years, it seems like it's And it seems it. like they have a nice sole so like they don't get too, you know, so you can sort of wear them more. Yeah, because I also like, I'll wear slippers, but I also like to, you know, putter, like go downstairs and get to the mailbox and like, take, out the trash. take out the garbage. It's like, you need a little, you need a bit of an outside slipper. I could not agree more. Uh, all right, guys. Um, thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, let's yeah, go. If you want, you know, more, uh, content, go on over to Patreon. We have, uh, I don't know, 60, 70 episodes on there extra um and yeah we'll uh, talk to you next week i'll keep you posted on my chronic leukemia brian <laughs> anyway all right thanks for listening uh we'll talk to you next week bye bye Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out 
Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.